Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. We've been in a series for several weeks now on Wednesday nights that we've titled uh, At His Feet. At His Feet. We're going to look at another situation here. Uh, didn't mention Martha. Remember Martha in prayer? She's done something to her back. And so she's been a bad girl. We've got her standing in the back of the auditorium. Amen. But uh, no, pray for her back that she does well uh, with that. When your back is out, you're just out. I'll tell you what, it's just one of those aggravating things that, that eats at you. So remember her in prayer tonight also. Revelation chapter 1, if you would please stand for the reading of God's word if you're able to. We're going to begin reading in verse 10. Verse 10, and of course this is John as John was on the Isle of Patmos. And uh, he seen this vision, and we'll read about it here. And it says in verse 10, it says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and Smyrna, and Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed in a, a clothed with a white garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet likened to fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as a sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth. And was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven Churches. Back in verse 17 is our text. It says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. The title of our message tonight is His Touch at His Feet. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. And Lord, I ask that you'd meet with us. Lord, I feel so inadequate to stand behind this pulpit and to preach to your people. Lord, this is your church. Lord, for your honor, for your glory, would you give me the words to preach tonight? Lord, for the need of the people, Lord, would you give them something tonight? Would you strengthen us, Lord? Would you forgive me of my sins where I fail you? Lord, would you strengthen me to walk with you? Lord, I pray that I might say that which you'd have me to. Hide me behind that cross. Lord, I pray that Jesus Christ would be lifted up and magnified. And Lord, help us to draw near to you, Lord, in this time, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. 
John was caught into the presence of the Lord. And, and there's, you know, some of them, you know, if you read that, it wasn't that he was necessarily taken up into heaven, but there was a vision given unto him that we see here. He was caught up into the presence of the Lord by a spiritual vision and, and given a heavenly vision and a message to share. As we go through the book of Revelations, that's what he, that's the message that he was given to share with, uh, not only the seven churches and those uh, of that time, but for you and I. He was to write these letters unto the seven churches, and we're very familiar with those seven letters that was written to the churches. Some of, them, of it was con, uh, commending those churches for their stand and living for the Lord, and he was encouraging them. And some of them was going through persecution and difficulties in that day and time. And then there was those who uh, had a form of uh, uh, that looked maybe good, but then they weren't really serving God. There was those uh, like Laodicea, they had left their first love and and so forth, or uh, Thyatira, or not Thyatira, but Ephesus and others that uh, that were hot uh, or were were lukewarm instead of hot or cold. And we see all this accumulation of of letters that he's to write, and as he's Writing these letters for you and I, we see that there's a job for him to do. The, the, John was, was on the Isle of Patmos. He was uh, taken, actually he was a prisoner is what was going on. And so he has this vision on the Lord's day and, and he sees this and he was caught into the present spiritually, a spiritual vision by the Lord. Many times we don't realize how the Lord works, but in this instance here, John did see that verse 9 and 10 says, And I, John, also, who also am your brother and companion in the tribulation of the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the Isle of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And so he sees this vision and uh, he is it's revealed unto him not only the things that are about that are happening but are about to happen if you look at that and those are the seven churches that are there that's spoken of those were literal churches at that time and he was to write these letters to them but those seven churches also represent seven church ages which we are in the last one, which is the Laodicean age, the falling away, uh, thinking that everything's fine, but it's not. And so he's to write these letters, but they're for us also today, not just those churches then. So we see this here in this vision given by the Lord. John sees Jesus Christ. Look with me there in verse 13. It says, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. The Son of Man, when it refers to the Son of Man, is talking about Jesus Christ. The Son of God. And it goes on, it says, clothed with a garment. And look, and listen closely again. And I know you listen as we read it, but, and you read it there, but read it again with me in your mind and, uh, and listen closely and picture this if you will. So many times we read over stuff and, and we fail to grasp what it is that we're reading. We read it for the sake of reading it. Uh, it's too easy sometimes to read, and, and I asked you this tonight to, to uh, uh, give us a verse that the, the Lord maybe spoke to your heart about this week, and I'm not saying that you didn't because you didn't say anything, but sometimes what we do is we read our Bibles and we never really glean anything from it. We never really grasp anything out of it. And uh, so we need to be with our hearts open and searching for the Lord to show us some things. So as we read this again, open your heart and, and look at this as, as it is Jesus Christ. And verse 13 there says, unto the son of, uh, like, one like unto the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the foot. 
and gird about the paps. Otherwise, the kind of, uh, he had this golden girdle on. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. Can you imagine standing and looking at, at Jesus Christ here? His hair is as white as snow. And set in those, in those eye sockets are eyes that look like a flame of fire. He's girt with a, with a robe of white down to the foot. Uh, he's girt about the paps with a golden girdle. It's all standing out here. Verse 15 says, And his feet, like unto fine brass, as if it were burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. If you've ever been around maybe a waterfall or a place where uh, the water is running over rocks and stuff, it, it makes a noise and says the sound as of many waters. A, a, a solid sound. And it said his, his, his voice was like that. And he had in his right hand the seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. John's looking at Jesus Christ. And he said, man, he said, to look at him was like to look at the sun. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His hair is white. Gird about the paps with with a golden girdle, his feet as though they were brass that had come out of the fiery furnace and they, they glow the, with that, that, uh, that look, that shine. He saw something that many never think about, though this was a very supernatural appearance of the Son of God. John still recognized him as Jesus Christ. Still recognized him says that uh, one like unto the Son of Man. He knew when he seen him who he was. In this description of Jesus, you see the righteousness of God. You see the judgment of God. You see the holiness of God. You see the, the authority of God. You see the power of God. You see the purity of God. All in his appearance as he's standing before John. This is a, is, a, is a great difference, you know, a different appearance than of the Lord Jesus than most have in their minds. If You know, be honest with yourself right moment. When you think about Jesus Christ, and all of us have done this, we've somewhat pictured Him in our minds. We somewhat have a thought about Him. Very seldom will you find anybody that will picture Him like He is pictured in Revelations chapter 1. Very seldom you hear anybody talk about that. Very seldom you think about that. You, many times what you have is, you know, we've seen pictures of paintings and stuff that people have, have assumed and you see the, you see the different ones that I think of pictures that I've seen people have hanging on, on their, uh, on their walls and stuff, a, a, of a, of a savior with his, his face looking up and his hands folded and that, that innocent face and, and that, that hair and, and looking up a, a short beard and, and looking up into heaven with those eyes intent. That's not what Revelation says he looks like. 
You see, I've seen pictures of him with a lamb, uh, uh, walking back to the, to the flock, holding a little lamb and, and, and with a smile on his face and, as, as he's bringing that lamb back to the, to the flock and, and seems so tender and so, that's not the picture that Revelations shows of him. You see, those that pictures of him hanging on the cross, that's not the way he's pictured in Revelations. You see that soft look in his face on many of the paintings and many people think about a, a loving Savior as he reaches down and he loves us and shows that love to us. And, but that's not the way he's pictured in Revelations. That's not the way John saw him. Can I tell you something here tonight? The way John saw him in the book of Revelation is the way he looks right now. That is our Savior. When He walked here on earth, He looked differently. But in heaven, He has those, flame of, those eyes of flame of fire. Coming from that mouth is that two-edged sword. You read on over in the book of Revelation and He comes back and with that two-edged sword that proceeds from His mouth, He defeats the enemy. Those feet are as that fine brass from that furnace. He has that golden girdle about the paps. His hair is that, that white, as white as snow. See, preacher, why you bring that up? Because I think sometimes we look at Jesus as someone that's tender and soft. He's not the babe in the manger no more. And he's not coming back to a cross. When he comes back, he's coming back victoriously to conquer and to judge. He is the almighty God. And our picture in our mind so many times is wrong. And what we have to understand, and you say, preacher, I just can't put it on. I, I can't either, really. But I have to understand this, that when John saw him was after the resurrection and the ascension into heaven where he is right now at the right hand of the Father. So I would have to assume that in the presence that he, that John saw him, that he would, that's the same that he would be today. What John saw was the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Almighty, the all-powerful God, the Creator, the eternal God, the judge of the whole world. This is what we need to see today in our hearts and minds. You see, preacher, why you bring this up? I thought we was going to talk about falling at His feet. That's because we have to understand this before we fall at His feet. We have to understand who He is. He's not a lowly Savior. He's an almighty God. He's the creator of all. 
He, and we see this, and, and I don't know about you, but I think I would be, I, I'm not think, I know I would be as John. I would, would fall on my face as though I, and, and as though my life was gone out of me. To see the Lord as John saw him was an amazing thing. John was so moved, uh, that he fell at the feet of Jesus. Verse 17 says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Do you know why our prayers are pretty empty? Because we don't take a good look at who we're talking to. Do you know why our prayers don't seem to really get serious? Because we haven't taken a look like John did that would drive us to his feet. He said, I fell at his feet as one that was dead. And as though life was sucked out of John, it was such a sight to see the Savior that he fell at his feet and he couldn't move, he couldn't talk, and he was just, it was just more than he could handle. This was no casual bowing to the king. This was in great fear. It was in great awe. It was in reverence. It was in amazement. It was in worship. Oh, how there needs to be those times in our lives when we find ourselves falling at the feet of Jesus and, and looking at Him in amazement, looking at Him with great awe, looking at Him with a, with a, 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 a reverence and, and worship coming from our hearts, knowing who He is and realizing that He is the King of kings. And I'm not going to preach on this, but... Many times when you find, you go through your Bible and you look at it, you study it, see if, see if I'm not telling the truth. When they worshiped, they were on their knees or on their face throughout Scripture. Boy, I tell you what, we need to find ourselves worshiping the Lord and find ourselves at His feet. Move because of who He is. I think we've taken so lightly in our day and time. We, we've tried sometimes to make it so palatable and so, so uh, accepting to everybody that we almost do Jesus an injustice. We always talk about His love and we always talk about His caring and we always talk about all that He's come to do and that He would never leave us and forsake us. And that is absolutely right. But have we stopped and realized who he is as John seen him? Has John seen him there in heaven? As John fell at his feet. Remember, this is the same John who Peter seen leaning upon the breast of Jesus in closeness. 
John chapter 21 and verse 20 says, Then Peter turning about seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following which also leaned on his breast at supper. There was that closeness. Come here, Hunter. There was that closeness in their, in their fellowship. This is the same John. If this was Jesus, this is the same, same John that, that would have, would have put his head down here, hearing the heartbeat even of the Savior in humility and a closeness that he loved him and he cared for him and, and no doubt had his hand upon him and, and drawn him up close and, and showing that humility and that love unto the Savior. Now this very same John is no more up here with his head here, but he's down here at the feet of Jesus that are, uh, that those, those feet of brass that look like they come out of the fires, of furnace, the fiery furnace, and now he's down here at the bottom. Why? Because he, he, when he turned, he saw those eyes, he saw that hair, he saw that two-edged sword, he saw that, 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 that golden girdle, and, and he's seen those feet, and he, he heard that voice that sounded like many waters, and he was moved, not to the breast of Jesus but to the feet of Jesus oh I believe today that the Lord speaks I think if we would ever turn and look at the voice like John did we hear him speaking we do whether from the Word of God, from the preached Word, from the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within us, we hear Him speak. But I'm going to tell you what's needed today is we need to turn and look into those eyes of flaming fire. And when we do, we'll find ourselves falling at His feet. Such a need... Such a need. John was humbled. This John who had that very close relationship with the Savior that was now at his feet, not at his breast, acknowledged him as the Almighty God of the universe. But John was in such awe at the sight of the Lord. He's fallen at his feet as one who is there. There's no life in. He's dead. When's the last time that you turned in your heart and mind and got just as low as you could to the feet of Jesus in awe of Him? In awe. He's not on the same level. In all, I'm talking about thinking about who He is and looking at the Scripture and seeing who He is and allowing the Holy Spirit to direct us and show us who He is and realizing who we are ourselves. When we get to that place, taking that time, we're going to fall at His feet. Because there'll be no more life in self. Because it'll be all about Him. So many times we don't have time to look into His face. So many times we're so busy that we, 
don't go to the scripture. We read the verses and we see, but we don't take a real good look. Those times that many times that that the Lord grips our hearts the most, maybe in a revival service, maybe in a special service, or maybe a, a, some songs that really deals with our hearts and we're moved. And what it is is sometimes what happens there, God has turned us around and caused us to look into those eyes. And something within us says, I must follow these feet. The need... For Christians, again, to look to Him and to be moved and be stirred to fall into his, at His feet. See, now in His glory, as seen by John, John's humbled. No longer is he putting his head to his breast, but he's humbled and goes completely to his feet. If we'll get rid of our preconceived ideas of the Lord... Take a hard look at Him through the Word of God. Then take a hard look at ourselves. It'll humble us and cause us to fall at His feet in awe and amazement. Most think of, of and look at Jesus in their lives merely as the one that died for them on the cross and rose again, and it did, as spoken of in most of the, the New Testament. And that's okay. And then we need to understand it. We need to see that. To a point of understanding Him and His ministry here and His love for us. But we need to take a good look at Him as at this very moment. At this very moment. He's now the one John saw in heaven in that heavenly vision. Oh, take a look. Realize who Jesus Christ is. He's not coming back, as I said, to the manger. He's not coming back to the cross. When He comes back in the air to get His bride, then, but after that He's coming back to rule and to reign and to put all sin and the wicked under His foot. No longer falling at His foot to put, to put them under His foot. What a need. Why, preacher? He's Lord. We're sitting here with our preconceived ideas and we, we, we realize that He's God. Yes, we realize He created the universe. Yes, we realize that. He, we realize that Jesus came and died for us so we could have eternal life. We realize that, yes, He rose again the third day and because He lives, we can, we can live also. But my friend, stop for a moment and look upon Him. And it will cause you to realize who He is. Who He is. And when we take a hold of that, it will cause us to fall at His feet. And I believe one of the reasons that's needed in that today is that then, just like John, as John was there as one that was dead, there were some great things that took place. 
Do we realize that in Philippians 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in the, of things in heaven and the things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father? Oh, oh how even now we need to look upon Him and fall to our knees and worship and stand in awe of our mighty God. The psalmist said in Psalms 33.8 says, let, the, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. I think that the church has lost their awe. I think Christians have lost their awe of who God is because I think if, if we had more of an understanding of, in our minds and in our hearts, it would cause us to go to His feet. Preacher, how do I get to His feet? Old-fashioned older. Humbling ourselves. It might be just crawling up in your closet. It might be pulling your, your, your truck or your car over somewhere down a, an old dusty dirt road and stepping outside it down in a ditch. Getting on your face before God. It might be going in the bedroom, closing the door, and while everything is shut out out there and getting down beside your bed and just laying down before Him and saying, Oh God, I need you. Be in the middle of the night. Everybody else is asleep. You get up and you tiptoe out of the room and find a place, maybe by the old couch, or maybe out on the front porch. And the only thing that's looking on is the stars of heaven and Jesus Christ. See, preacher, that would be getting kind of serious about praying, wouldn't it? That's what we're missing. We're missing it. And oh, when we find that place at His feet, it'll be a sweet place. A place unlike any other place. I think often about that song that the Rochesters wrote, old Papa Rochester, the old rock altar. And he wrote it about his prayer life, and he would go down in the woods, and he'd find it as he's walking down to a certain place that he had down there, he'd pick up a rock. He'd put that rock down. Next time he come down there, he'd pick up another rock and he'd put it beside that rock. Before long, there's an altar made there out of rock. It's just him and God and a pile of rocks. And oh, he could get a hold of heaven. So he knelt down there before the Lord. John received a touch while he's at the feet of Jesus. Look at verse 17 again. It says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But notice what it says after that. And he laid his right hand upon me. 
saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. He goes on to describe to John who he is to confirm that he's God. But while John was there at his feet, come back up here, huh? Come out here in the middle. It's time you get down. Well, John was in this position at his feet looking down. He took the right hand. I feel like running about right now. So what do you mean, preacher? Do you realize that the right hand is the place of power and strength? And he took that right hand. And he put it on John. You know what we're needing today? We need that right hand again. We need that right hand in our church services. We need that right hand in our individual lives. We need that right hand in revival in the church. We need that right hand when the difficulties and the struggles come placed on us. Can I tell you something? You'll never get that right hand until you find those feet in awe. Until we come to a place and realize who He is and He's an almighty God. And we come and find ourselves at the feet of Jesus. And while we're there, He will put that hand on us. John was as one that was dead. There was no life left in him. Can I tell you something? We need to die to self. We need to die to the flesh. We need to confess those sins and make them right and get as close as we can and get to the feet of Jesus. And then that right hand as, as we're knelt there and the, and the deadness of this world is gone from us and there's no life of this world left within us and, and there's a new life and there's a new strength that's placed upon us by the, the hand of the one that, that we're at his feet. Thank you. Until we get to a place at the feet of Jesus. We're going to miss that right hand being placed on us. Oh, I don't know about you tonight. Oh, it sure would be good to have that right hand. Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says. The place of authority, the place of power, the place of strength. And then with his right hand, he wants to touch your life and my life in authority. The authority of the word of God. The authority of the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within us to give us strength. John had a great task before him. He had seven churches he had to write letters to. He had the care of those churches. 
John had, had to tell them what was going to happen in the days ahead, not just for them, but for you and me. And God placed his hand of power and strength upon him. But notice where he did it. At his feet. At his feet. We begin to realize if we turn our face from the things of this world and look unto Jesus, what the scripture, who the scripture says he is. Yes, he's Savior. Yes, he's the one that came born of a virgin and and was laid in a manger. And yes, he's the one that that uh, did the miracles. And yes, he's the one that raised the dead. And yes, he's the one that went to the cross and died for you and me. And yes, he's the one that, that rose again the third day. And yes, he's the one that walked for 40 days among the men and women there. And over 500 at one time seemed. And yes, he's the one that ascended up into heaven. And yes, but my friend, he is the one that is a, has the eyes a flame of fire. He has a feet of brass. He has the white hair. It shows the power, the purity, the authority, the, the, the mightiness, the, the, all that God is. And, and oh, how we need to take a hold of that and fall at his feet. But that hand might touch us as we touch him at his feet. If we'll but find ourselves in awe and amazement of our God in such a way that it drives us to His feet, they'll come to touch on their life. While that hand was upon Him and showing His presence and His love to John, notice what He did. He spoke with a voice that calmed Him while John was at his feet. Oh, while the world is in a mess, while the world is in a turmoil, while things are ramping up and getting worse and worse, boy, if you get to the feet of Jesus, he'll put that hand on you, but he'll speak to you and he'll calm your heart. He told John, he said, I'm the first, I'm the last. I'm he that was alive and was dead and now am alive, living. You know what he's saying? John, going to be all right. I'm God. I'm God. And I can handle this. And I'll bring you through this. And I'll be with you. And I'll strengthen you. I'll help you in the times ahead. Did John uh, get out of the persecution? No. But he had strength to go through it. He had the presence of God. And he had a calming voice that calmed his heart. Oh, why, preacher? Because he found himself at the feet of Jesus. At his feet. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, have mercy on us. Help us to find our way to your feet. Oh, that we would be stirred. Our hearts would get to the feet of Jesus. 
the one that is holy, our awesome God. Oh, Lord, that we would find your hand touch upon us for strength, for power, to live for you, to reach others, to see revival, to reach the lost, to magnify you, to glorify you in this dark day. May we turn as John did and see you. Let us find ourselves at your feet, Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight?